once again to our Laugh Heart Beloved podcast and I'm joined today by Stacey Thomas and Debbie Singh and I'm Carolyn Thomas. We are going to continue on with looking at some of the words of Jesus and um, today's topic we're going to actually look at the parable of the sower. So from Mark 4 verses 1 to 20, Stace, can you read it for us? Sure. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat out on the edge of the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang out quickly, and because the soil was shallow, uh, because the soil was shallow. But when the the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told him, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise they may turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to him, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes from the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word but the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word make it unfruitful others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word accept it and produce a crop some 30 some 60 some 100 times what was sown thanks Stacey yes so girls thoughts on this what does the seed represent God's word yep (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no one can give me that. That's it. God's word, the word of God, God's truth. I'm trying to think how many other ways we can put it. Yep. Um, okay, we're going to just jump straight into looking. We'll look individually at each of the different types of grounds that um, are mentioned in that pa- passage. So, Stacey, what does that path or that hard ground represent? Well, it's just how easily the word can be taken from us. So, you know. Th- Someone might hear um, something off a friend or whatever and then just Satan steals it instantly. They don't even give it a second thought. It just, it's gone. Yep. Mm. And uh, sorry, just to say what I should have said a minute ago is that when we're looking, talking about ground here, the ground is really the, the personal, the, the heart of the, the heart that's receiving the seed. That's what the analogy is talking mm-hmm. about. Yep. So what does that path or hard ground represent to you, Debbie? Um... It, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically what Stacey was saying, so um, 
It's the unwilling heart to accept the truth or mm. or just be plain against it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we talk about being hard-hearted, don't we? Mm. Yeah, I was. Um, I just read something interesting. It was talking about, um, you know, in the days when Jesus, you know, spoke his parables, he obviously spoke stuff that would really the people could relate to and understand. Um, you know, that was relevant to them. And and there in Palestine in those days, the um, the hard ground was the, at the side of the road. It was like the path or pavement. And in Palestine, it says that the fields were long, narrow strips, and they were divided by little grass paths, and um, which were the right of way, which is where people would walk along. And the results was that they became beaten as hard as stone by the feet of those who walked on them. You know, if you think, I often think, yeah, I see at school as well. You know, often you will. It doesn't matter. You can have steps. There will always be a path next to it that the kids will love to go on. <laughs> yeah, and you know the feet going on over yeah. that all the time it gets really compacted and, and gets really hard and so that was what you know he was talking about here that type of ground and so as the sower um, scattered it some of the seed fell there and so it didn't grow as you said Stacey it just didn't even have a chance to even get root or anything um, because the ground was so hard and the seeds just couldn't even penetrate or even get through it and you know, just as the seed couldn't send roots into that soil, so there was no penetration. And there are people whose hearts are hard to God's word, and there's just absolutely no entry point for the truth into them. And you know, sometimes as well, it might be that the hearer just might have a total lack of interest because they do, and they don't even just realize how important it would be to make that decision for mm. Christ. And you know, um, from the Barclay Study Bible, there's a really good little quote. It says, Christianity fails to make an impact on so many people, not because they're hostile to it, but because they are indifferent. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things of a hard heart. Being indifferent is harder to get through to a person who's indifferent. They think that it's irrelevant to life and that they can get on well enough without it. Mm. And I think that's a problem we have, particularly in you know our first world society, that because money can give us comfort or bars out of so many situations that we can become indifferent and, and not feel that we, you know, we might not, unless everything gets stripped away, we don't actually maybe necessarily perceive our need. Mm. Um, and so our hearts can be hard there. So what are some of the characteristics or what would it look like a person with hard ground? Stace? Um Oh, well, just um, I said like the they're hardened towards Christianity, yeah. but um, if the word is rephrased, sometimes they can be a bit more accepting of it. Yeah. So you don't say that's Christianity; you give it a type of you know a different ring to it, and they're more receptive. But as soon as you hear that word, they're kind of shut down. Yep. Yep. Against it. Yeah, I was saying it's um, a bit like they selfish living for their own gain sometimes they they just um i mean we can all be like that but um just you know they they think that they can do it all themselves they don't they think it's like a bit of a a weakness or something Mm. you know um they mock christianity and and people Mm. who follow jesus because they think oh that's just silly nonsense or you know and and you know often it's something that's been taught to them that They've, they've just believed, yeah. you know. They've taken on that yeah. belief that doesn't. That's nothing, you know. It's just a fairy tale. We don't need to worry about that. You know? And so. and we can talk about people becoming gospel hardened. That's what you're mm. talking about there. They've heard it so many times, and because they're not accepting it, they become hard towards it, and so yeah. it just doesn't penetrate. Um, you know, and and I believe as well that you know, obviously we have non Christians who would have that hard ground as well, and I believe that Christians can have it as well, mm. um, in certain areas. Um, 
and the truth doesn't penetrate to their spirits. Can I just, yeah. if you think about hard ground, sometimes it is so, so dry, so tough that water doesn't even seep yeah. through. And you think about how a seed's not going to seep through a yeah. plant if water doesn't even that's penetrate. Yeah. It just kind of sits on top. Yeah, that's really good. And, and you see, that's what's important, that's what's needed first, is that softening. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like you're saying, so water not penetrating, you would need that water to at least get in first. That's the Holy Spirit, that softening before you can even have that seed going. And so that's a great point, Stacey. Um, yeah, so the truth, I think for, for some Christians, the truth does not penetrate to their spirit, it just remains head knowledge. Yeah. And, um, so, and, and I think that's what results, and you'll, you'll sometimes find Christians who need an emotional experience. They need to feel that God loves them. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome and great if God wants to give that to you. But we also need to know who he is and what he thinks of us without the emotional experience. You might go your whole life and not have it, yeah. and the word yeah. needs to be enough yeah. for you to know the truth in the word without that. And, um, you know, so if you allow God's truth and, and his, his word, that seed right into your heart, then... Although it would be nice, you don't need that emotional experience. You can enjoy it, but you should still constantly know who you are in him because of the word. And you should still be able to be refreshed and fortified in your spirit. Because I was just thinking as well, if you're just living from that um, emotional side where it's in your head and it hasn't penetrated into your heart, you, you might feel you need to go to certain things to get your, your emotion, your, what you think is your spiritual high mm. or whatever, and your fix you know, maybe yearly or whatever, whereas, you know, just having that seed deep in your heart, you know he loves you, and yes, it's nice to experience that, but you shouldn't be having to look for that all the time. It's interesting that you say that, Caroline. I remember um, years and years ago, I... um I was, I was very much like that. I just kind of grew up knowing it all and well, thinking I knew it all, yeah. you know, and I had all this in my head, but um, I ended up going away on a on a camp and and something just really small was said I can't I honestly couldn't even tell you today what it was but I remember um after that a while after that someone saying the biggest gap is between your head and your heart yeah and and I actually remember that weekend going away and something just dropping it was like all that head knowledge just dropped to my heart yeah and for the first time I was like wow this is what it's like to actually have your heart opened up to all the things that you know and and yeah. that's really the eyes and ears of your heart that's being it. open to that's the it. truth, that's isn't exactly it? So, it was, and yeah. that happens without necessarily mm. the emotional feelings that go with that. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is as well, if that, that word and that seed is not penetrating that ground, if it's not taking root in you, then you're not ever going to receive revelation. Mm. Um, you'll not receive conviction either. Yeah. Um, and you'll also struggle with things like to believe that God loves you. And, you know, I think if you're constantly struggling with that, you know, believing God loves you, um, when the, you know, an altar call, you have to keep going up over and over again, then you need to just maybe look at that and ask the Lord to show you if it's, you know, an indication that the word is not taking root in you. Mm. And and I think that as well, um, not receiving any conviction is a really good mm. indication as to whether or not seed is taking root because, you know, we, our whole primary purpose is to become like Christ. And so we should be constantly growing more and more Christ-like. And, and if you're never convicted, then there's a problem, isn't there? Because I don't think I'm going to be anything like Christ this side of eternity. <laughs> um, you know, I've got to keep trying. But yeah. if, if I get to a stage where I'm not receiving conviction anymore, then there's a problem because there should always be areas. And I'm not talking about excessive 
introspection and beating yourself, which I'm guilty of doing as well sometimes. But, but you've got to have that. You know, there term. should be attention yeah. as well that there's times, you know, and Paul speaks about the things that I want to do, I do and whatever. So there should constantly, you know, be conviction, or at least at regular <laughs> intervals, I believe. Even um, just having checkups on yourself. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, you know, one of the questions we said, have we known people like this? And yeah, I have. And, um, you know, I've got areas like that in my own life as well. There's times you struggle. And I think where we're refusing to deal with issues and we're holding on to sin and holding on to offences, um, if there's a particular scripture that we know, but we, we don't want to apply it to our lives, any excuses you know, um, to not apply scripture given um, to being disobedient. I think that is hard ground in your life, Yeah. if there's any area like that. So, yeah, um, and there's a scripture, Hebrews 3, verses 7 to 8 says, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. Yeah, so, um, you know, and, and Stacy mentioned earlier as well, Satan can snatch it away. Um and how it gets snatched away is that we believe lies, we have deception, we have wrong belief systems, we basically have unrenewed minds, and so we're not receptive to the truth. Um, and if you don't have that word in your heart taking root, then you're not going to be able to counter the lies. and So that's going to result in you being held in bondage and you've got actual blockage to the word. Um, and, you know, the Bible talks as well about being double-minded. And if, if you've got hard ground and you're not letting the word take root, you are going to be double-minded. And so at the very least, you've given Satan a foothold in your life and your minds aren't captive. Um, they rule you. And, yeah, so, you know, believing lies and strongholds is going to be hard ground because you're not yeah. giving it over. Yeah. You're not countering it with the truth. All right. So have I said it all? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <great. laughs> All right, so what does the rocky ground represent? Stacey, can you just read Mark 4? Um, it's that same scripture, just verses six, 16 and 17 again. From mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Others like seed sown in rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they will only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. All right, so what what's that rocky ground, Stacey? So, you know, it could be either a baby Christian or whatever it is. They are able to accept the word and listen to it, but for that very short time, and they don't develop that knowledge and understanding, and it just kind of falls away. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Debbie? Yeah, I was thinking of, you know, people that aren't really settled you know, like mm. they flip from one belief to the next. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of I I've got a lot of friends. Yeah, like, um, you know, what I said that, uh, you know, they can sometimes just take the truth and throw it in their little mixed bag of beliefs and yeah. walk around with that. Pull out what attributes they like. And yeah. Which one. Yeah. Um, and so you know, stuff gets in there, and you know, it can start to blossom, but it's all very. You know, shallow, shallow, and so you know that, that's it. You know, like it. <laughs> but you know, like I, I, of all the people I I know, a lot of my unsaved friends fit in this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, you know, they they can get excited about different things, and yeah. um, and lots of good stuff comes out, but their passion just dies out yeah. for it, or. You know, they're, they're like, oh, that's really great. Yes, I'll take that in and yeah. things, just like I say, bloom, but not 
for yeah. very long. I like, you know, both of you have talked here about it just really being in terms of, you know, receiving it and something happens, but it's just a shallow thing. And, you know, because when I used to read that, I sort of just thought rocky ground is ground with all these stones and rocks that have to come up. But, um, you know, it, um, I was just reading in the um, Barclay Study Bible, and that explains it there, um, you know, for the times that Jesus was talking about and where they were, the countryside there, that it was actually a narrow... Um, skin of earth over a shelf of limestone, limestone rock and so there was a bit of soil but oh, it was not yeah, deep yeah. at all and so the seed falling there would germinate as you girls have said but mm. the, the soil was so shallow and it had no nourishment and moisture and so the heat of the sun would soon wither that little right. sprouting seed yeah, and it would die quickly um, and you know we've been um, with the kids at school we're doing um living things at school in science and so we've been doing you know bean seeds we I got them to grow bean seed plants and you know we put we just put it in cotton wool in a cup and within two days it already had sprouted roots and and I was just saying to Stacey last night that same bag of seeds that I've kept in the dark cupboard um, for two three years because it's a big bag and I actually keep using it and nothing's happening to them there so I sort of thought of that like the hard ground you know it's dark and there's nothing happening and and just watching these bean seeds grow their roots and some of them after a week have already got like a tall stalk and everything and they look great and you know they've grown it's amazing they're green they've got leaves but I know that they're going to die very soon because there's just the cotton wool there's no substance yeah. there's no soil no nourishment and you know I think with Christianity as well um it's easier to start something than to finish it. Mm. Um, and, you know, a famous evangelist once said that we've learned that it takes about 5% effort to win a man to Christ and 95% effort to keep him in Christ and mm. growing in maturity in the church. And that's what we see, isn't it? It's yeah. back to that whole um, difference between conversion and discipleship as well. Yeah. You know, the conversion part is well easy basically mm. um and it's nothing that we have to do you know christ did all we accept him but we can just stay there if we stay there we are going to be like this christian shallow absolutely shallow and no real root um unless we undergo the discipleship process which is you know we're all yeah so that rocky ground is just really shallow um they hear the word they receive it sorry yeah no, go, no, go no, ahead. just when you said about how it was it was like it's almost like soil over top of rock. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, um, what about, you know, even as Christians, you know, like we can receive it and there's still that bitterness that yeah. that we don't want to let it go any further. So we're yes. just as bad as the first. Yeah, that's the, the, first the limestone probably isn't going to help. Yeah, either. no, yeah. that's what I mean. Like that's going to be the stopping point yeah. for, you know, and unless you allow again you know that to be softened up and yeah you know yeah well that's a really good point debbie and what you say about you know stacy the limestone underneath and that's often um and that's where people have strongholds yeah yeah. and wrong belief systems and then you have that shallow soil where they come into a certain point they receive the word as it says there with gladness they come into church they think you know this church or you're the greatest thing since sliced cheese but the minute you start touching which is where you would touch that hard limestone so you mm-hmm. get through that shallow part so they grow initially this is wonderful 
and then okay now it's time for us to start discipling you and start getting into the nitty-gritty of your belief systems and stuff that's where it all starts yes yeah, so so that's really good that's a good illustration mm. and and part of that as well that collapse and that shallowness is going to be again what we've mentioned is not counting the cost of following Jesus before you start because you know thousands of people get attracted to Christianity but they never let it go beyond that surface of their yeah. life so as long as everything's going well for me and I've got the whole message of God loves me and everything's going well and he's going to bail me out of everything but the minute fire comes in that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that's really where you know so have you guys known people like that um have you been like that you don't have to name any names. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's people that you've gone to Sunday school with grown up with them for did you two go to Sunday school <laughs> we did but we were a little bit apart Debbie yeah. probably Debbie looked after me <laughs> change, change your nappies in the nursery <laughs> but we have known each other for, <laughs> yeah. since I was about two so. <laughs> but um, yeah you've grown up with them in Sunday school but and you've stayed at church but they've kind of just fallen away dropped off the wayside they still have all that baby teaching yeah and they live by that yeah. kind of <laughs> but um yeah they've just dropped by the wayside yeah. and out they go yeah, yeah and as i said it's that it's once it comes to that place where those wrong beliefs are going to get challenged and exposed and then it's there are we really willing to go now to go deep enough to to root these out and be willing to change even if it means we've got to change our lifestyles mm. we might have to chop certain relationships and so I guess the question that, or the challenge that we should really take from reading that about that type is how deep are you prepared to allow the Word of God to penetrate into your life? Are you prepared to let the Word send deep, deep roots into your life or are you only going to let it be shallow there? A few minor changes as long as it's not too disruptive or too invasive. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, the Word of God will be invasive, it will be confronting, it will be mm-hmm. challenged. And if you're not regularly being challenged and convicted, then you need to ask yourself if you're really allowing that word to take root in your life, in your heart. Because as I said um, you know, earlier, you should always be growing and changing. And you know, there is that constant struggle between the flesh. So, yeah. Mm. So, rocky ground, shallow. All right, so we're going to just um, look at, I think we've got time for one more. We'll yeah. look at the third type of ground, which is a thorny ground. So, Stace, can you just read again in that verse, uh, Mark 4, verses 18 and 19, please? Mm-hmm. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that that's sort of talking about there? What's the thorny ground? What does it look like? What are the characteristics? So, yeah, again, the words received, but the desires of their old life or old life are too much to walk away from. Yep. So, um, and I think there's probably been times in my life that I've been in danger of becoming like that person, but I, because I, I yeah, I'd like to say I was more grounded. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've, you know, put things in in place to not just allow that to. Um... When you talk about more, be more grounded. It's really letting the word, yeah, ground you, yeah. take root in you, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and holding and on to not that. be willing to just let it go. go. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. no, that's good. Mm. I think it's also the people that haven't wanted to pay the cost. Yeah, yeah, and therefore they've just been taken away from the by the word. Yeah, not the word by the, word. By the, the world. world. <laughs> <laughs> the world has taken them. 
you know, away because mm. it's just been too hard and yeah. they found things that are glittery and better and whatever, so. Mm. I like that, glittery and better, yeah. Well, that's what they think, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, um, in those days in Palestine, what the farmers would do if they had weeds in their field, they would cut off the top or even burn off the top of the weeds, but below the surface the roots were still there. And um, so obviously in time they'd grow again and that choked the life out of mm. the seed and that's what you've both talked about. The, mm. Like you said, Stacey, the world is taken away. It's the cares of the world and that. And, you know, we can have that problem. We can have weeds in our life. And, and what our class is weeds, you know, there's different things. There's obviously the interests of the world and other priorities. And there's also your wrong belief systems and your other sins that might be just below that surface choking that weed and counting um, the truth in the word as it's trying to take root in. So all those things, if you don't deal with them and take mm. them out, like the roots of a weed, it is going to choke the word in you, so you have to get it out. Do you think a third one could be even relationships? Yes. You know, yeah. like there you have to weed out those relationships. Because yeah. if you're hanging around thorny people, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, weed people... That, well, anything that's you know, pulling you away yeah, from the word it. and it's from God, which you people around. can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean, we know the whole thing of transference of spirits mm. as well. So what you're hanging around and let's say you're hanging around with someone who is a slanderer or a gossip or whatever, mm. and you indulge in that with them, then you've got sin in your life. And yeah. that sin is going to be choking as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be like a weed choking if you're not going to deal with it. And, you know, we can also though choke the word with our busyness. Yeah. And we push Christ out. We might have too many other interests. And again, they might not all necessarily be bad. Mm. But if Christ is not our first priority, then all these other things, you know, um, creating wealth, doing your jobs, whatever, and we've got to ensure that he's the top priority and not other things. You know, and that verse 19 said, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. <clears throat> And so that there where it talks about making it unfruitful, that means it's yielding no fruit. So there's no results in your life. And that talks to to the need to apply the word. Um, you know, for it to take root, root and have an effect, you've got to apply it and you've got to choose to make it your priority. You know, I, I sometimes have people telling me that, oh, and I, I've used this myself, excuse, oh, I haven't been in the word this week, I've been too busy or whatever. And it's really like, well, then you should expect not to grow. You should expect not to change. You should expect not to have any intimacy mm. with Christ. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds really blunt, but really, no, that's true. that is where, yeah. you know, if you want to be in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, especially, you know, as a baby Christian, how do you get to know him? You get to know him by spending time with him and in his word. So before, you know, as a baby Christian, before you've even learned how to recognize his voice to hear it, you need to get to know him. And so if you're not in the word, you know, and... And so, yeah, we can't have all those things. We can't have relationship and growth and change if we're not going to do the yards of actually getting into the Word and allowing that seed to take root in us and to get into us. Um, you know, and, and think of it, if we think logically, if we want to be strong, growing, fruitful plant, we want to be oaks of righteousness, but we're too busy with other things that we can't even, like, dig that little hole and put the seed in, then how on earth is it going to yeah. grow? I mean, physically, that's what it's going to look like, Right. It's ridiculous to expect to grow, to be a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor if the seed's not even been planted in the first place. So so I guess the question is, if you really want to grow and have a relationship, then you will make that planting seed in your life to be your first and your most important priority above everything else, above your busyness. 
Yeah, so anything else that you girls want to add to that? So that's Thorny Grum. No? Pretty yeah, much covered. It. I've forgotten missed it. <laughs> it's a brilliant moment. That's why you got pen and paper jotted. I know. <laughs> it comes so quickly. That I <laughs> write it down. All right. So we've looked at three other types of ground, and I think we'll end off there t- today, and um, we'll look at the good ground next week. So thank you for joining us. Stacey will tell you where you can get hold of us. <laughs> uh, on our website at www.life-house.net, and make sure you pop it onto our Facebook page and like us and say hi. Thanks everyone. Thank you. We'll speak to you next week. Bye bye.